I, before I read today's main scripture text, I wanted to take the opportunity to lift up that today is the 28th anniversary of the groundbreaking of St. Matthew's. 28 years ago. <laughs> 28 years ago, a group of church members met in the Trustmark building and then came over here after worship and broke ground. Just think how far we've come in 28 years. This being the church's original sanctuary. And think about what God has in store for us in the next 28. And now our scripture text is 1 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 through 7. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, there is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all. This was attested at the right time. For this I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I'm telling the truth, I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Oh, excuse me, can I get a refill, please? Coming right up. Excuse me, are you, are you all right? Yeah. No, it's a long story. Well, I like stories. I'm considered a bit of a storyteller myself. My husband, have you heard of New York's Noah? <laughs> the guy who's building the ark. That's him. I love that story. Knowing the ark. You know, a lot of people miss the point of that story. They think it's about God's wrath and anger. They love it when God gets angry. What is the story about then, the ark? Well, I think it's a love story about believing in each other. You know, the animals showed up in Paris. They stood by each other, side by side, just like Noah and his family. Everybody entered the ark side by side. But my husband says God told him to do it. What do you do with that? Sounds like an opportunity. Let me ask you something. If someone prays for patience, do you think God gives them patience? Or does he give them the opportunity to be patient? If they prayed for courage, does God give them courage or does he give them opportunities to be courageous? If someone prayed for the family to be closer, do you think God zaps them with warm, fuzzy feelings? Or does he give them opportunities to love each other? <sighs> well, I gotta run. A lot of people to serve. Enjoy.
when it comes to prayer, all of us in here can look at prayer from different places depending on what's going on in our lives. For some of us, we can think, what's the point in talking more about prayer? It's just prayer. It's just talking to God. But then there are some of us where prayer is intimidating because we're talking to God and we want to have all the right words. Then there are some of us who we have to pray at scheduled times. We like to pray at meals, at bedtime, at certain hours. And then there are some days when we want to pray saying almost, God, what can you do for me today? This is what I need from you. And then there are some of us who might be in the midst of a prayer desert where we're tired, where it's hard to find the words, where we feel like our prayers are unheard, or maybe We've just become bored by prayer. And we let it fall by the wayside. All of us can be at different places when we look at prayer. But wherever we are today, let's hear this one truth. Prayer can change us. And prayer can change our very world. Prayer is when we talk to God, when we bring ourselves closer to our creator. Prayer is when we choose to open ourselves up to God. With this is who I am and this is what I have. And what I love about today's scripture text is that 1 Timothy is not only practical for those of us who might be in a prayer desert or for those of us who need to establish that habit of prayer again, but it also is a scripture that challenges us when it comes to prayer. And so as we go through the text today, I, th- I think that by the end, we'll hopefully better understand what I mean by the fact that prayer can change us and our world. So in, in verse 1, Paul writes his motto when it comes to prayer, and that is just do it. Paul's thing with prayer is pray every way you know how for everyone you know at any time that you can. He just wants us to never get out of the habit of of praying. And he lists up different examples of prayer. He lists up prayers of supplication, which is a big word that just means 
that we ask God in prayer for something. And there's just regular prayers where we just say, God, this is where I am today. Or prayer, prayers that are intercessory, where we pray on behalf of someone else. And prayers of thanksgiving. There are all these ways to pray. I think many of us felt that Anse's singing was leading us in prayer. Some people, it really is singing songs, playing music. That is a prayer. Others like to pray the Lord's Prayer or Psalm 23 time and again because they find peace in those words. But prayer is bigger than just saying words. When I worked as a hospital chaplain a few summers ago, one of the most beautiful and powerful ways that I witnessed people pray was in complete silence. It's not that they were praying silently to themselves. It's that they chose to just be still in God's presence with their fears and their anger and their pain. They chose to rest in the arms of their God and just be present with where they were at. Another way to pray, if you're a visual person or a creative person, there's praying in color. And it has become one of my favorite ways to pray. It's where on a sheet of paper, you start by choosing a name for God that you need to name God as that day. Whether it's healer, father, friend, redeemer. And for every stroke that it takes to write that name, you center your heart on being present with God. And then one by one, you draw or write out the things, the people that you want to lift up to God. And again, each stroke of the pen or marker is about being is about intentionally lifting that person, giving that person or thing over to God. And it's a, a beautiful way to pray because it, it makes us slow down and take the time. Prayer is bigger than words. Prayer is sometimes just singing the song or reading a piece of scripture over and over again. There are many ways for us to pray, but for Paul, he would say, just do it. Don't let ourselves get out of the habit of praying, of talking to God, even when we feel like maybe he's not listening. Don't stop praying. And then in verse 2, Paul writes about the importance of lifting up our leaders in prayer. 
about remembering those who carry the weight of authority. Because it's not an easy job. And even when we disagree with those people, which is going to happen, we still have to pray for them. That is something that God lifts up time and time again in Scripture. Praying for our leaders. Praying that they know God. Praying that they lead with wisdom. And we as believers want to pray for our leaders because we want to be able to live in this world as Christ has called us to live. We want to be able to go about God's business in this world of bringing people into God's family. And so we pray for our leaders that they help create a world that we are able to do that in. And then comes verses 3 through 6, which I think are the hardest verses sometimes for us to hear. Because in verses 3 through 6, Paul reminds us to pray for everyone. Something that he lifted up in verse 1, but in 3 through 6, he really takes us back to that. About the fact that prayer is meant to reach beyond ourselves as believers to all people because of the fact that Jesus was sent into this world to save the world, to let all people know of God's grace and God's love for each person. But sometimes, if we are being honest, that can be a hard prayer to look beyond our own needs, to look beyond the needs of those we love, and to remember others. To remember those we do not want to pray for. Those who, if we're being honest, sometimes we, we aren't happy that God's love and God's grace extends to them. The reminder that we have to pray for them, that we need to pray that God bless them, not that God fix them as we think God needs to fix them, but that God bless them, that God's love be abundant in their life. But also the prayer of inclusion, of remembering people, is about looking beyond those who are just in the church. It's important for us to pray for our fellow believers, to stay strong, to remain faithful. But we have to remember that God wants every person to know that they are a child of God. God wants every person to claim their salvation. And so we have to remember to pray for those who do not know God. We have to pray for those who have walls built up standing between them and their creator. And the more that we pray these prayers for those people that we don't like, for those who do not yet know God, 
the more we pray in general, the more opportunities that God gives us. In the video clip from the movie Evan Almighty, where Morgan Freeman plays the God character, like he often does, and he gives some advice to this woman who had been praying at the beginning of the movie for God to bring her family closer together. And like the woman in the movie, a lot of us can sometimes look at prayer as wanting God to snap his fingers and fix everything. But I like what the God character in this movie reminded her. God gives us opportunities, which can be a little intimidating. Because when we pray for those we don't want to pray for, God will give us the opportunity to show them grace, to show them patience and kindness. The more we pray for our leaders, the more opportunities God gives us to be leaders in our community to show others how we are called to live. The more we pray for those who do not yet know God, the more opportunities that God will give us to invite people to come and encounter the living God, to come and be known in a faith community where they can know that eternity is real, that, he- that there is a heaven and that it is their home. God will give us opportunities when we pray. Or when we pray for a friend, God, get- God will give us the opportunity to be present for them and to show them love and to be God's God's representative to them. God will give us opportunities when we pray to work with him. The question is whether or not we are going to take those opportunities. Because when we do, we will be changed more and more into the image of our Savior. And the more we take these opportunities, the more our world is changed the more that God's kingdom is seen and glimpses here on this earth. So what opportunities is God waiting for us to take today? What have we been praying about that God is calling for us to work with him in living out? That's a question Only each of us can answer for ourselves. Let us pray. Lord, all of us may be at different places when it comes to prayer. Some of us may be in deserts. Some of us may feel unheard. Lord, help us to develop habits of prayer. Help us to find new ways to pray, to stay connected to you. And help us to see, as we pray, opportunities that you are giving us to live out those prayers, to change and to change our world. 
We trust in you. We trust and love you. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.